0: Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby. We are thankful that you have joined us today. This is the work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. You can reach us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, That You May Grow Thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby.
1: My name is Greg
2: Littmer and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. I'm Jacob Taylor, one of the evangelists. And I'm Ross Oldenkamp, an evangelist.
1: We're going to move forward in our discussion of the life of Christ by looking at a sign being demanded of Jesus by the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 45. And it's also found in Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 36. We'll be focusing primarily upon Matthew's
2: account. Uh, Ross, you want to read that? Yeah. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first so shall it also be with this wicked generation you
1: know with in spite of all of the miracles that these pharisees and scribes had witnessed they still had not seen a sign that would convince them of who jesus was or perhaps we should say that they would allow to convince themselves of who jesus was I don't know, maybe they were looking for some sort of sign from heaven like Elijah calling down fire on Mount Carmel. But no sign would be given simply to appease these individuals, because they had shut their eyes and they had closed their ears. The sign they could look for would be that of the prophet Jonah. For three days and three nights, Jonah was in the belly of the great fish so too would Jesus be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. As Jonah came forth from the fish, so too would Jesus come forth from the earth. The Lord's resurrection, that was the sign that they could look for.
0: Yeah, and then Jesus will get into describing the, the city of Nineveh, the um, the place that Jonah was um, sent to go, that you know, he decided to first go the opposite way, and that's so how he ends up in the belly of the fish, and the in the first place but he does eventually eventually get to Nineveh and does proclaim um, in Jonah chapter 3 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown and Nineveh was a very large and very wicked city um, we see God was in verse 10 of Jonah 3 he was talking about he was going to bring disaster upon them but we see in verses 5 through 5 through 10 of Jonah 3 um, the absolute repentance the turning away from um from the, the mourning and the sackcloth that they put on, even on the on every person and animal, um, they'll say, who knows, God may turn and relent and turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. Um, they're absolute turning away from the, the lifestyle they had. Um, Jonah's going to have some personal feelings towards it, but we certainly see how God is pleased by it. And so with, with Jesus bringing these people up, it's that even these people will stand a judgment and will condemn the ones hearing Jesus at this time because they repented at at Jonah's preaching, and the one speaking to them now is far greater than Jonah is. You know, it's clear that they
2: understood uh, what Jesus was teaching, at least at some point, because we come to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and after Jesus is crucified, uh, his enemies come to Pilate and say, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. So this teaching had begun to settle on their ears and they're beginning to make application of what he was teaching in the end. There's something about the Jonah reference that I think is is really interesting. It's because of what is said in, in Luke chapter 11. In that account of this statement in verse 29, this is an evil generation it seeks a sign no sign be given except the sign of Jonah the prophet for as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites so also the Son of Man to this generation I'm just intrigued by that thought Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites to me he was more than just a preacher with a message he was a sign and from that I take, in order for this to be a proper parallel, that if the Ninevites are really going to rise up in judgment, for there to be a complete parallel, I believe the Ninevites somehow must have heard about what had happened to Jonah. They must have heard, perhaps, from the the other the mariners. Uh, word had, I think, come come to the Ninevites. The story was told of the storm throwing him in. And all of a sudden, now here he is. And it somehow they find out, and that is enough. You ask yourself, what would be enough to convince an entire nation of bloodthirsty, savages, barbarians, to completely repent? Uh, this was a very powerful sign. and uh, But it wasn't as powerful as the sign of Jesus raised from the dead. I think it's interesting. A lot of times... I
1: believe that folks look at the Old Testament and they think that what is being dealt with primarily is the Jews and everybody else was on their own. The very fact that we have this discussion about Nineveh and the care and the concern that God demonstrated for what was a very wicked city, and yet he sent Jonah to preach to them in order that they might repent, it shows us that no, God was not, Ignoring the Gentile world, while the events of the of the Israelites were unfolding, uh, God was God of everyone, be he Jew or be he Gentile. And I think that passage, and that reference to Nineveh shows that. But how about the illustration of the man with the unclean spirit gone out of him? And I think that was indicative of the condition of the unbelieving Jews. The man had been relieved of the unclean spirit, but put nothing in the place. Consequently, the unclean spirit returned with seven like him. In the same way, that generation of unbelieving Jews was getting worse and worse. In their attempts to conquer sin, they were maintaining a vacuum, so to speak, by refusing to accept Jesus. They needed to fill their hearts with truth and not leave it empty, to be filled up with wickedness and evil thoughts.
0: Yeah, and that's we certainly can see the application here for for us is you can get rid of sin and and remove these um, sinful lifestyles or aspects of our lifestyles. Um, but if you're not going to fill it with something that's going to last with Jesus, then it's just going to return and in in a worse manner, as it's talked about here. It's so important to we all have that feeling of that, that void that um, and we, we try and fill it, all people do, try and fill it with something. Um, and in a good amount of cases, unfortunately, is sinful um, things. And there's, there's a variety of them. But um, they all are not going to, um, they're all going to falter. They're all going to fail. But when you fill that void with Jesus, um, it's building that foundation on the solid rock. Like he, Jesus talks about in Matthew 7. It's, Something that's going to last and that is so worth it. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of see a parallel to what Paul taught about
2: uh, the Christian's uh, purpose being not just to put to death the old, but also to be made alive, to put on the new man. And, you know, I think the mistake that some make is uh, that Christianity becomes all about what they're not supposed to do. Uh, and don't think about this. Don't do that. And of course, the problem with living from the standpoint of not think, just not thinking about this or that bad thing, it's like if someone says, "Hey, uh, don't don't think about a nice big juicy steak right now." It's like, what are you going to do? You're thinking about steak. But no, don't just not think about that. Fill your mind with with what is good and right. Put on the new man. Or else you're going to be in the worst state than you were before because you're going to feel defeated. You know, you're going to feel like you failed at Christianity, but you really haven't even started trying to seek and pursue that righteousness.
1: Luke chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, I think is very interesting in the context of this teaching. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Jesus uses here a very apt illustration. A lamp was used for light, and nobody lit a lamp and put it in a secret place or in a cellar or under a bushel when lighted. It was placed on a stand in order to give light to those who were in the room. Now the Greek word for secret place or cellar means any concealed place like a vault, a crypt, or a covered way, or a place like a cellar, a mere hole where persons would not enter. Anyhow, as the lamp is made for light and its useful purposes, so the eye was made for vision, needing therefore to be in perfect condition so as to fulfill its functions. In like manner, the moral light of God comes into this world through Christ to be accepted by all men honestly and with unprejudiced mind. For as a blurred eye dooms the whole body to darkness, so does a prejudiced, worldly heart shut off the light of God and doom the miserable man to the darkness of delusion and death. The eye is single when it is undimmed, and has its natural and proper powers for straight and clear seeing. When the eye is evil, that is, it lacks its power of clear and correct sight, the body is full of darkness. If the only sort of light be darkness, great indeed is the darkness. The eyes give expression and radiance to the face and person. When the eye is dark, the whole person is gloomy and sad. The eye has been called the window of the soul. Hence, through the eye, the different moods of the soul are expressed. Disputing and questioning the work and authority of Jesus as these Pharisees and others were doing, and demanding unreasonable signs, and disbelieving the signs which he had already given them, was like having an eye that was dark. The whole spiritual man is soon filled up with evil and with deep spiritual darkness. And I'll tell you, the things that Jesus was saying to the scribes and the Pharisees were indeed stern warnings. And they did not recognize them for what they were.
2: You know, I I, I shudder at the principle or the, the prospect of being judged by others uh, at the judgment. In each of these cases... Um, It talks about they will rise up in judgment and uh, I think about for example the dedication of some who are devoted to worldly pursuits you know athletes who I, I remember hearing a story about one athlete that had part of his pinky removed so that he could keep pitching or something like that he was like just that kind of Dedication or or for Ross, yes, sir. It was Ronnie
1: Lott, and he he was not a a pitcher, he was a defensive (laughs) uh
2: safety. Okay, thank you for that. (laughs) You always got to be ready to make a defense. uh, Thank you. So, the point stands that uh, I mean, think about the zeal that even those in the world have towards earthly ventures. Uh, look at uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who's traveling from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship, you know. And then we complain about having to get up and get dressed again and go to go to church. You know, it's like I don't I don't want to come under judgment of of the zeal and passion for God that many have had. And uh, so we need to keep in mind uh, about what's truly important to us and uh, and what kind of message we are sending is is important.
0: Yeah, to that that distance. Idea really just uh, resonated with me to the, the Queen of the South, the Queen of Sheba, there, and she came a long way. Um, there's different estimations on how far, um, but one I saw most common was 1,500 miles, um, which is a long distance. Um, and she went all that way to go and see Solomon, who was an incredibly wise man. Um, and it's that if she, you know, something far greater, far wiser um then solomon is here being jesus um, i think that's a excellent point of uh, how far and dedicated are we to go and, and find jesus the nice thing for us is we don't have to travel to a certain place we just you know we can pray we can get the bible open in various ways and be in communication with god and what a blessing that that is
1: We'll turn our attention now to Matthew chapter 12 verses 46 through 50. The same thing is found in Mark chapter 3 and in Luke chapter 8, but I'll go ahead and read verses 46 through 50 of Matthew's account. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whosoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The Physical Family of Jesus including Mary and his brothers, were outside looking for him while the Lord was still speaking. When informed by the Lord, or informed the Lord came to teach yet another spiritual lesson, it would be incorrect to view the Lord's response to be in any way dismissive or disrespectful toward his family. I believe Jesus was referring to his mission. It was to gather all into his spiritual family, and that family would include all who would listen to and obey the will of the Father.
2: Yeah, um, I can imagine a mother uh, hearing, if she'd heard that, she was outside, I don't know if she heard that or not. As you said, the point was not to hurt the family. Uh, I can't imagine a mother not being a little taken back by who is my mother. Um, but the point was to emphasize the relationship of believers and his closeness and affinity for believers. Proverbs likewise teaches um, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and there is a connection by those, like the David and Jonathan kind of friendship that they had. There's, There's a connection there especially in the faith of the Lord and in in belief uh, the brotherhood of believers those who have had to leave family in order to follow the Lord know of the promise that Jesus made that there isn't one who is left uh, father or mother who has not found in the body of Christ uh, a thousand fathers and mothers very interesting I'll tell you what, let's wrap this one up for
1: today because we stand on the cusp of some of the most interesting parables that Jesus had to tell, and that will make a very good program in and of itself. And so we'll call it a quits for today. We want to thank everyone who has been listening and encourage you to let others know about the podcast if you're finding the life of Christ, the harmony of the Gospels, interesting and beneficial for you. You can also reach us at nkcofc.com. We'd love to hear from you, and any of your questions that you might have, feel free to ask them via the website. Thank you for listening.